As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Greg Schiano will play anyone, anywhere, anytime. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. arch nemesis of Jimmy Camel, with power comparable to Jimmy Camel. And with me, as always, is AJ, Northern Illinois, was robbed Marchese. Uh, Hammock should have won Coach of the Year. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who mastered, played faster, and plastered during no. the first week of bowl season. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wage your future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Day Whittingham. Aranda Kiffin. Electric personalities that produce big college bowl games and even bigger betting opportunities. Next week, Shiano... And Clawson will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the bowl, the Gator Bowl that is, with my bookie. My bookie has the best odds and prop bets for Clawson Shiano. And you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to six or up to a thousand dollars using promo code SportsDrink. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Shiano Clawson at my bookie. As much as we'd love to see Clawson eat turf, Wakes looked strong in previous matchups. And with Shiano and Rutgers taking this bowl on short notice, all the odds are in the Demon Deacon's favor. Back Wake to win this rematch. And he's they're sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out. Double your depo- first deposit up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to my bookie today, place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Rutgers vs. Wake. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Uh, before we break down some of the, the best prospects from the Bahamas Bowl all the way up to the Armed Forces Bowl, we got a handful of declarations. Um, some marquee, marquee uh, guys in this in this uh, bunch, too. Um, starting with running backs, South Dakota State's Pierre Strong, Georgia's James Cook, Virginia Tech's Raheem Blackshear, and Sacred Heart's Julius Chestnut. Uh, we also got Western Kentucky receiver Jareth Stearns, Texas A&M tight end Jalen Watermeyer, Minnesota offensive lineman Blaze Andrews, Texas A&M offensive lineman Kenyon Green, BYU center James Empey, Arkansas edge rusher Trey Williams, Utah edge rusher Mike Taffa, uh, Colorado linebacker edge hybrid Carson Wells, and Penn State linebacker Ellis Brooks. Who are you most excited about? Uh, I think the most interesting in this group is Jalen Widermeyer because it was a little bit late here, but I guess we already need to be skipping. But regardless, uh, interesting to see if he'll be tight end one or not. And um, I'm still I'm, – I'm, is it weird that, like, I'm excited to see how this tight end class shakes out? And I think, like, even by the time we get to, uh, 
you know, the last week in April. I don't think it's going to be clear at all. I think come, you know, day two, really, the Friday of the draft, I think the tight ends, well, you know, and, and through the rest of the, the draft, I think the tens are going to come out in very odd order, and I'm kind of excited to see that. Um, if I were to bet, though, Widermeyer's the first one off the board, but it remains to be seen. Well, yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting because obviously he's not going to be at the Senior Bowl, but a lot of the guys who are in that conversation yeah. will be. So seeing what it looks like coming out of Senior Bowl week, heading into the Combine, which is set for March 1st, I believe, um, that it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he stacks up athletically with those other guys. Because, I mean, looking at Jalen Weidermeyer, he's probably the best put-together tight mm-hmm. end. Yeah. Um, but he's not a freaky, freaky athlete. Whereas there's some, I think, more athletic tight ends in this class that will be at the Senior Bowl who don't necessarily have that NFL-type body you look yeah. for for a, a true inline guy. So uh, I'm with you. I think the tight end, it's not a great draft overall. Um, but the tight end group's really, really interesting. Uh, I think you kind of hit that on the nose. Um, I'm I'm particularly, obviously, Kenyon Green's the most obvious yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I just keep getting excited about some of these running backs. James Cook's one of my favorite players in the country. Um, and a big senior bowl week could vault him. We talked about it on yesterday's show, how many running backs could go top 100. Not very many, but I think a big senior bowl week followed by a big combine could put him in the back end of the third round. Uh, and Raheem Blackshear is kind of more of a sleeper type, another Virginia Tech Hokie who's not going back. Um but a guy who at Rutgers and at Virginia Tech had the ability to impact the passing game, and that's his his route to the NFL. So I'm excited about that too. But the one that stands out the most to me is Jareth Stearns. I am interested to see, and he's coming off a huge bowl game, obviously, against App State in a huge season where he set the Conference USA uh, reception record in his first year uh, at the FBS level after being at Houston Baptist. But in 14 games, he got 150 passes for 1,900 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Obviously, he's an undersized guy, 5'9", 195. But he's got like a, a bit of a thicker build to him yeah. for one of those shorter slots. And he does a lot after the catch. Uh, and obviously, his phenomenal hands. So I'm excited to kind of... Because Bailey Zappi's really had, and rightfully so, the dominant hype out, out of uh, Bowling Green to Kentucky. But Stearns is going to be a really interesting option on day three, I think. Yeah, you just I think you just call him Steve Smith, right? And Billy Zappi's Jake Delhomme. That's what you just said, right? It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> you got to draft them both, right? Like, if you're taking Billy Zappi, let's say, early fourth round, Stearns, you got to come back and get him. Yeah, and I think I think the failure of Zach Wilson is that they, they don't have any of his BYU targets there. Well, I mean, Gunnar Robney's going to be there soon. He'll be there very soon. But, yeah, you got to bring him. I, I don't respect any team that doesn't. If You, you can't bring one and not the other. Like, it's ridiculous. Retweet. Uh, no new senior bowl acceptances, so uh, let's just dive straight into bowl week one, which, again, we started with the Bahamas Bowl, taking us all the way up to the Armed Forces Bowl. Congrats to Army on the game-winning field goal last night, bringing their third-string quarterback to lead their spread passing attack <laughs> to set up the game-winning field goal. Uh, that was a heck of a game. We've had a really good bowl season so far. Yeah, really. Like uh, uh, sort of like Liberty, Eastern Michigan – which at least we got to see Malik Willis. Uh, every game's had something for you, and I guess I guess others they got at least tied in the first half. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna say probably the the one Tulsa Old Dominion, T- Tulsa Old Dominion in in Middle Tennessee Toledo. But even like Toledo was leading that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but like I mean, the Cure Bowl, Northern Illinois Coastal Carolina, that was an incredible game, controversial ending. Louisiana Marshall, even though the score wasn't close in the end like louisiana put up points in that fourth quarter Mm -hmm. marshall was in control before that western kentucky app state was a bit of a blowout but it was still so fun because that western kentucky passing attack um and and we're coming off a week of like really terrible nfl games so like yeah yeah it makes it even better yeah and we're recording this just before the frisco football classic presented by ryan the granddaddy of them all who's ryan aj (laughs) seacrest i think uh, obviously, the the cultural bowl game that w- bowl game that was thrown together like two weeks ago and didn't exist prior to that. That's what bowl season's all about. Uh, so we we've had a decent chunk here. I think we're what have we had like twelve? Like twelve? 
Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Plus the celebration 12, bowl. Yeah. Twelve. So we got like thirty more to go. Everything's going great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This, sh- to... this show's a little white. I didn't realize that until I did my notes. <laughs> uh, can't wait until Christmas Eve for Memphis, Hawaii, the the annual Hawaii Christmas Eve bowl, and then Christmas Day. Fuck it. Make the Georgia State and Ball State players play on Christmas Day at the Tax Act Camellia Bowl. I love it. You know what I love um, about the Hawaii Bowl being on Christmas Eve? Like, if you're at a family gathering, you can kind of, like, just tell them, like, hey, look, Hawaii, you know, it's cold here. Look at the TV. It's warm. Like, oh, okay. I can go. Is that, sorry, is that how you trick your family into watching the Hawaii Bowl? 100%. I do that all the time. I try to, like, sell. They're trying to watch Grinch or Elf, and you're like. It's oh, cold it's in the Grinch and Elf. Here. Yeah, yeah, you warm up, watch Hawaii. Memphis is a warm place, too, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You got it. Um, that's, how, that's how you sell people. Okay, before we really get into it, I, I, I want the the first superlative for you is the best mascot. What what is your take on Jimmy Camel? Honestly, I don't know if I have one. I, I think I'm going to sit Jimmy Camel out. Okay, I'm just going to say, at first I was uncertain of how I felt about the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Jimmy Kimmel really embraced it and yeah, leaned into it, and he I did. respect the hell out of it. He was playing uh, the clarinet. He was, uh, yeah, they, was they had, like, the, the, the world's strongest T-shirt cannon. They had the guys uh, on the show, too, the, the night yeah, before. They they had the um, the sandwich they invented for this game, which Laura <laughs> Rutledge was the only one willing to eat it, so, like, shame on you, Greg McElroy. Um, and Jimmy Kimmel threw up racing the other mascots. Jimmy Kimmel clearly had the self-awareness to understand that bowl season is ridiculous, and that's why he he wanted a bowl named after him and wanted to do all this stuff. I wish it was like more like this, because I feel like bowl games used to be more ridiculous like this, and it's kind of lost some of that because it's been so, like, so much about the corporate sponsors. Well, n- name more bowl games after people and let them embrace uh, it this way. I forget what game it was, but they're showing... I think it might have been... Uh... I can't remember what game it was. They're show, uh, it might have been the Kent State game. They're showing, a th- yeah, it was, it was a, uh, the Potato Bowl, which, of course, one of my favorites. They show, like, the throwback to, like, the old refrigerator bowl, and they had, like, the players running through, like, a like a hollowed-out fridge, and it was, like, 1955 or something like that. More of those. <laughs> Bring that yeah. back. Like, that's what makes bowl season special is the ridiculousness of it all. Yeah. I love bowl season. I believe, like Matt Barry, that there are, isn't too many bulls. I love bulls, but they're at their best when they're ridiculous too. I feel like outside of the Jimmy Kimmel bull, like ESPN has done a poor job of just showing us like, like usually they show us, you know, like, Oh, you know, they went shopping at Belk and got a shot. I always love that anecdote, but you know, I, I, they didn't show I that as much. That, yeah. They, I thought they did a good job with that in the first bowl game, the Bahamas bowl showing the guys on the beach and like, Talked about the Bahamas so much, and Boog and Matt Berry really leaned into it on the call. Matt too. Berry just kept saying, "The Bahamas is open, people, come on down." He said like twenty times, which was sick. And, and he kept saying he didn't want to leave the Bahamas to go yeah. back to Bristol. Yeah, Boog and, and Berry and, got into it. It was fun. Yeah, and 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 I, I'm pretty sure Berry like was addicted to talking about blackjack. Yeah, they like, talked a they lot. They talked about gambling. blackjack and golf. They barely talked about the game. It was great. Yeah, it was a good start. And then it's kind of we haven't we haven't got as much. But I think it's because like. I think like fifty percent of the bowl games have been in Frisco, Texas. It feels like starting mm-hmm. today. So, <laughs> dude, that you know, this is my big bowl game take. Too many games in Texas. I understand why, the, the, but yeah. too many. And like, I mean, we are sons of the international bowl, <laughs> yes. so it's like we 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 grew up going to the international bowl, and we just want that back in Toronto. Definitely. Like how how great would it be, AJ? To do a, a Spotify green room live from the International Bowl. <laughs> hey, they're they're pumping a bunch of money into the Rogers Center. Maybe they're just trying to get the International back. Yeah, the, I mean, why else? I, like, fuck. The, the, the greatest Rutgers Bowl game of all time was the International Bowl. Now they're getting to play in the Gator Bowl? That, it, that, that, that was built. Their program was built at the International Bowl. Yeah, it's pretty cool for, like, young us saying we got to see Ray Rice's last game at Rutgers and he went off. And... It, and it was cool for a while, and then it became not cool. But Donald Brown's always remained. Donald cool. Brown was great. Yeah. Okay, let's let's uh, let's <laughs> get to the point here. Best freshman this week. Who you got? Ah, uh, there's a lot of good freshmen, but you know, I just they're all transferring. They're all transferring. Yeah, the, I'm I'm done with the transfer portal, Rob. It's over. Uh, but no, I think this guy's not going to transfer. He's not leaving Conway. 
I thought uh, the running back for for the for the chance, uh, Braden Bennett, was really interesting. He's like he's tall and lean, six two one ninety, explosive dude. Like put up over hundred yards on like six carries, two touchdowns. It was a lot of just easy, but he was finishing. And then also had like almost fifty yards catching and a touchdown. Uh, explosive dude, nice long speed. It just really really caught my eye there. Just to break some news, Rutgers is officially playing yes. the Gator Bowl. Yes, the problem child, baby, Greg Schiano. Um, I, I I'm with you. He looked great for Coastal. Uh, a lot of running backs this week. Yeah. Um, yep. Agreed. Outside of his fumble, Rashin Ali, yep, the Marshall back, who's who, yeah, he's been one of the best backs in the country all year. Outside of the fumble, he was incredible. Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. It's his. And, and and they kept bringing it up on the broadcast. It is his ability to keep speed through his cuts that makes him so special. And Charles Huff, their head coach, has obviously coached some of the best backs in the country, Saquon at Penn State, all the Alabama boys. And this is kind of his next dude. Yeah. Um, Rasheen Ali looks like a legit NFL back. It's not just a guy putting up numbers. He's going to, mm-hmm. I think, be one of the better backs in the country, at least for another season uh, as a redshirt uh, sophomore next year. Um but he was he was carrying the Marshall offense, oh, and it looked yeah. like it looked like for a while that Marshall would win this game just on his legs. And I, I remember like at one point he was averaging like twenty seven yards a carry on six carries. <laughs> um, and uh, so he he I thought was probably the most dominant. But Jay Ducker, your guy at Northern Illinois, Jay Ducker. There's same, a, yeah, there's a lot of them. I wasn't. I think we've talked about Ducker. Ducker's a good back too. Like. Now he's in the portal. Yeah. Uh, he was carrying the Northern Illinois rushing attack. Uh, Coastal, and that was, I think, my favorite bowl game. It was. Um, the best. But, yeah, D- Ducker, Ducker looks like a Big Ten back. You you calling it? I'm calling it. Where's he going? Welcome to Rutgers, Jay. <laughs> um, actually, you know, speaking of uh, another running back just with big um, uh, big yards per carry, the, 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 the Western Kentucky back, Noah Whittington. Had 150 yards, only seven carries. Had that they, long touchdown. Ooh. They did a Kitley did a, a one. I'm really happy Kitley coached that game. Yes. Two. They did a really good job mixing that in every once in a yeah. while. Yeah. Yeah. When they went to him, he was explosive as hell. And it's like every kind of run that was just perfectly timed. And I think the big run was on a draw, which was just uh, perfect. Yeah. He he was he looked pretty explosive too. And I know he's like, who knows what happens with him? But just cool to see him uh, popping off as a freshman there. I'll give you one non-running back. Uh, BYU edge rusher yeah. Tyler Batty. Yeah, he's two had, sacks. Yeah, yeah. He UAB could not block him. He's an like he's an NFL body already. Yep. I think I think he's like listed at like six five two sixty. Yep. And him and their linebacker were just playing with so much energy throughout that game. Um, and I mean BYU's put a handful of defensive linemen into the NFL before, and a redshirt freshman who. Like, wasn't a dominant, dominant year for him. Uh, seven, seven TFLs and three and a half sacks. But his best game comes in, in the final one against a, a, a UAB offensive line that ran the ball really well. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the BYU defense had, had been pretty good under Sataki this year. And I think next year this is kind of going to be the guy who blows up for them. Yeah, no, I I was really, like, definitely, like, for a freshman, you know, like you said, 6'5", 260-ish. Definitely, like, already NFL body, and just, yeah, he, he was kind of fucking unstoppable for them. I had him. And, like, I, I'll give you, like, a, a kind of, like, a low-key one, like, a weird one to mention, but, like, I liked what I saw from him, and it was it was uh, Middle Tennessee State's wide receiver, Jalen Lane, who, like, kind of was just, like, the, the chain mover for stretches of this game. It felt like they kept going back to him. Had that, like, so, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I enjoyed both the receivers. Yeah. Both, both Lane and, and Yusuf Ali, who I actually put for my small school guy who caught my eye. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, they're both good. Yeah, the and Ali didn't have like a huge huge game. Um, Lane Lane had more yards, but uh, they're both like undersized jitter bug types. Yeah, and and Lane had that like awesome like juggling grab on the sideline. I don't know if you remember that one. He kept his feet yeah. in bounds, which was sick. They also like let him run the ball too, which is cool. So yeah, he's he's just kind of fun guy to to watch out for. For by the way, uh, stock still happy birthday. Thanks, Brett McMurphy. We all always know when it's Coach's birthdays. Yeah. Harbaugh, happy birthday. Kirby, happy birthday. Stocks, happy birthday. 
Um, do you have any other freshmen? Or you want to jump over to the sophomores? No, let, let's jump to the sophomores. So, I'm going to start with uh, from the Celebration Bowl. South Carolina State receiver Shaquan Davis, who, I mean, Jackson State went into that game with all of the hype in the world. Uh, obviously, coming off signing Travis Hunter, yeah. Dion, Dion uh, on his little scooter. Uh, <laughs> it kept killing me, yeah. And and they had gone 11-1 and one on the year, and South Carolina State didn't have uh, a great, great year. I think they went into the game 6-5. Uh, and five. Um, but they dominated from from pretty much from start to finish, and their 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 guy on offense all game was Shaquan Davis, who is a six five redshirt sophomore um, that nobody could cover. He was just winning combat catch after combat catch. His catch radius is insane, um, and on top of the three touchdowns that were like all through traffic, uh, he. Did the Dion dance on one of them too, which was pretty special. I thought <laughs> um, he also he also had the the big sh- seam shot down the middle where um, he just showed off how long his arms are and uh, his his ball skills and it, he just they could not stop him no matter what they did and he looks like an NFL dude with that type of size. I love South Carolina State's unis in that game. By the way, I thought like the like that that like faded gray with like that burgundy. I don't know. It was a really cool look. Uh, we're not going to get a bigger upset in bowl season than that game, I don't think. Um, wait, unless Rutgers beats beats Wake, then that's the biggest upset in in college football history. But no, yeah. that was a that was a great game from them. That was such a, I don't know. I think it's I think Dion should be fired. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go uh, back to the potatoes like I always do, and I got to start with Levi Williams, the Wyoming yeah. quarterback who is in the transfer portal. Um, he's six five, two twenty four. He's Josh Allen two Yep. Uh, but he ran for 200 fucking yards and four touchdowns, it, and it was so annoying as someone who did not pick Wyoming, and he was unstoppable. And it was kind of out of nowhere. Like, he, he started the year, um, I, I believe, as the backup to Sean Chambers, who who was the starter, like, kind of two years ago. Um, but but the Wyoming, Wyoming was known for their defense under Craig Bull and, like, kind of just handing it to Xavier Valaday yeah. over and over. Yeah. But – Levi Williams just all of a sudden was the most athletic guy on the field, and like he did have the he did have the one touchdown throw, uh, kind of on that deep um, post, that that was like a, pre- a pretty good throw. But it was really what he was doing with his legs, just being way faster than everyone on the Kent State defense throughout that game and turning every little scramble it felt like into a house call. And like it felt like every time he's running down the sideline, like the. The, the, the guys in the booth were like, well, he's not known for this. Like, he's a good athlete, but not like this. And they just, like, <laughs> and he just goes for 200 yards. And if I can parlay this, if you, if I may, that touchdown was to a fellow sophomore, Isaiah Nayer, who was really interesting this game. Obviously yeah. had that touchdown. He's, he's also in the portal now, isn't he? Uh, I, probably. He's six foot three, 210 pounds. Yeah, uh, he is. They call him the fastest player on the team. They kept saying that. Like if I said, you're, If yeah. your school... Do you do the Bailey Zappy Jareth Stern thing and get them, get them both? <laughs> Where the hell could they be going? Uh, I just checked, and um, uh, Williams is from Texas, and so is Nair. So they're going to Texas A&M to win a natty next year. Okay, that makes they, sense. I mean, they should. Um, yeah, but the, that duo was really, really good for the for the Pokes. Um, out of nowhere for Williams, though. But yeah, that's. I don't know, it's not like Wyoming's like that shitty of a program. It kind of sucks that they just both dip immediately after their big games. But, yeah, uh, they were great. Um, I'm going to go to a, a game last night uh, where Elijah Young stepped up at running back for Mizzou um, with Tyler Beatty. Uh, the coaching staff held him out of the game. And Young, it felt like for a while there that Missouri was going to win this game uh, before Army, like, Kind of just took the the all the air out of the ball in the second, or the the late third quarter into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um. But Young was kind of the perfect baby replacement, built similarly too, shorter, not as not quite as stocky, but five nine one eighty five. And my main takeaway is how willing Elijah Drinkwitz is to get his running backs involved in the pass game, and not even just like. Out of the backfield, they were lining Young up uh, out wide and running wide receiver screens to him at times. Mm-hmm. He had 75 rushing, 32 in the air against a pretty good Army defense. And 
he he looks like he's gonna he he was a guy who outside of the southwest or southeast Missouri State game had had very minimal touches throughout the year and now I think he's poised to be the the starting back next year with Beatty out yeah, he's, he's just Beatty again. It's it's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, but I know you love six-year senior Dawson Downing getting his first career start. Yo, and he'll, look good. He'll, <laughs> he'll be the running back coach next year. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Actually, oh, hold on. Also, yeah, yeah, a- after their game uh, with Brady, how good Brady Cook looked, Connor B- Bazelic en- entered the portal. Yeah, there's a lot of po- – it's kind of like – it is it is pretty cool that like after every bowl game, it's like guys we just watched or like guys that didn't play – like out of there, it's, it's goofy. Um, I, I think yeah, the portals. I get like why people aren't happy with it, but I love the portal. It just, I, I just, I, I mean, I'm mainly joking, but it just, it does suck seeing like really fun players at, at G5 schools have good games and leave. But I mean, they deserve it, and they should go to follow whatever opportunity that's better for them. Regardless, um, <laughs> someone who also looked like a Big Ten back, Rob Brian Bradford. Do you, do you remember Brian Radford? Six foot, 243 pounds. He was uh, a beast uh, also against uh, Wyoming for the for the Kansas State Golden Flashes. He had eight carries for 190 yards. Um, had that big run where like it looked like Kent State was going to uh, win the game like, handily. He got it down to the three. And they didn't. They couldn't fucking finish. Uh, but he, he like juice at that size. He looked like a Big Ten back. Also, like... Hey. He, him, and Marquez Cooper seem like they'd be such a fun duo. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're good, and they also had like remember they're backed up in their own own end zone and like this. They, I think they ended up being a scoring drive, and they really needed it. It was like thirty nineteen. They ran him, and he he just he it was like a big dog run, or just like scrambling. I think he broke like an arm tackle or two, and then got the first. Um, he's fun. I I really enjoyed watching. I like I love big backs. I got one more. Uh... Utah State quarterback Cooper Legas, who came in after Logan Bonner got hurt, and they were the, it, it seemed like Oregon State was going to run away with this game. And first first career uh, FBS pass goes for a touchdown, throws another in the game, one seventy one overall, and and they kind of just handled business against Oregon State the, in the in what I I would like to call the Gary Anderson Bowl. Uh, yeah, I believe that is what it's called. Um, I'll go on my running back because I feel like there's a lot. Like I thought UAB's Dwayne McBride had like 183 yeah. yards. He was yeah. like UAB's you said, always got a back. Yeah, they do. Like you said, they kind of just relied on the running game, and he was the guy touchdown too. Bill Clark deserves a power five job. He definitely does, but like I don't want him to leave. I don't know, man. No, me neither. I hope he's like a UAB lifer. I want him to take over for Saban. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, um, the best weekday warrior option has to be Jacoby Buchanan, Army Solback. Sorry, not not the best. He is the only weekday warrior option. I put no no one else. He is the one and only. First of all, a true warrior fighting to protect his country. Eventually, second of all, he's six foot two hundred sixty pounds, and they just kept fucking feeding him. He is a tank, uh, literally, because he plays for six, Army. Sixty-eight yards on twenty-one carries, three point two a pop and a touchdown. But any time they needed to convert yeah. a fourth and two, he would get it. He dove over the top at one point, and it was just like everything straight up the gut. Um, fullback dives out of the triple option. Absolutely and ran he, over a dude on his way to to, to his touchdown. He, yeah, which was awesome. yeah, that was the angriest run of the bowl season thus far. He also on uh, on. Christian Anderson's touchdown run earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. He had, he he was the lead blocker up front. And this DB tried to run out of Buchanan's way. Like, he was just going to let Anderson score, and Buchanan fucking killed him anyway. Um, he's going to play for the New England Patriots yeah. for a decade. Yeah. Uh, he he is, I don't know, I, I love I love the triple option because of guys like him. Yeah, I heard I heard Jakob Johnson was watching the game last night and was, was worried about losing his job because uh, Jacoby's coming for him. When he, when he finishes the, the, the military. He will be a Patriot. I guarantee you at some point, like you just said, he'll be in camp for the New England Patriots or something. As long as Bill's still there. Agree. Agree. Uh, okay. He, like you said, the only weekday warrior. The only option. Absolutely. Uh, now we get into more of an interesting conversation. In Obviously, we didn't have the greatest bunch of bowl games with the greatest bunch of prospects yet. Yeah. Um. So when we get to the, it, it's a fun to talk about the best prospects we've seen in bowl season so far, and and so I, I kind of think the the clear option for offense has to be record setting Western Kentucky quarterback Bailey Zappi, who 
Broke Joe Burrow's single-season passing touchdown record. Finished with 62 on the year. Broke um, uh, B.J. Simon's single-season passing yards record by, like, 400 yards. Uh, and and finished the day with 422 yards, six touchdowns, against a good App State defense that just could not stop them. And the Hilltoppers hung 59. Uh, Bailey Zappi should have won the Heisman. Uh, Bailey Zappi is one of the best stories in the history of college football, and we don't talk about it. I, no, he doesn't get the credit he deserves because literally he just broke the passing guard, uh, records. And it, coming from fucking Houston Baptist, it's so awesome. I did not put him for Officer Prospect of the Week. I wanted to, but I gave it to someone else. But he was ridiculously good. And yeah, so, it, it felt like there was no doubt about him breaking both records. Like, and he did it yeah. like in the second quarter. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, with uh, obviously Kit Kitley yeah. and Jareth Stearns came from Houston Baptist with him. Kitley now going to Texas Tech as the OC. Uh, Zappy and Stearns set to go to the NFL. Um, but Zappy was just pinpoint accurate all game. Um, he 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 just layers the ball so well. There was this one uh, kind of slant slant to. Um, Tinsley, who also played a really good game, who then like yacked his way to a touchdown. Yeah. But he uh he it was like um just a, a deep slant where the, the the corner had outside leverage and there was a linebacker underneath and as soon as the linebacker turned his back, dime. It's just everything was so on time with him. He threw a deep one to Stearns too, that was a bucket shot, and I think them having that type of chemistry uh really helped, obviously, and that's why you dropped them both. Um but, like, at no point, especially coming off that UTSA game where they obviously lost the Conference USA Championship, but he he still played well despite um, them losing. Uh, this was such a huge day, and it just seemed so easy from the start for them and him. Yeah. Um, and though he doesn't have, like, he, he's a good athlete. Uh, he's not, like, a dominant runner or anything. Uh, he's got a good arm. He doesn't have a cannon. And he's not the prototype build he's like 6'1 220 like I'm not going to be shocked if Bailey Zappi ends up after the senior bowl if Bailey Zappi truly ends up as a third round conversation type guy I mean if Ian Book can go in the fourth round yeah exactly like he is so much better than Ian Book as a prospect and although he's coming from Western Kentucky not Notre Dame that's um, a big knock yeah yeah like I uh, that's why seeing this quarterback class stack up in, in Mobile, because Zappi at this point is kind of being the guy left out of the conversation when you talk about um, the senior bowl quarterbacks and how it's really going to, the, the class will take shape there with Malik Willis, with Carson Strong, with, with Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, all these guys who have had first round talk at times. And Zappi's going to be kind of the underdog there. And I really do think he's going to come out of there helping himself a lot and, and maybe being looked at as this third round day two type quarterback in this class like why why the hell not i think at the very worst you're getting a, a tenure backup quarterback right uh um, so who, who'd you pick over him you coward he was my top shooter off the board but i i give it to isaiah likely i think he was the best offensive prospect i saw in the first week of bowls uh had seven catches for 96 yards and two touchdowns that first touchdown made like just a great adjustment reaching low mm-hmm. and behind him that was ridiculous mm-hmm. just flash the athleticism to snag it and keep going which i mean is not surprising from him because he does it all the time but seeing a tight end do that in general is always great great to see because you know they're a great athlete and then obviously he finishes for the touchdown he is just too fast he had the other touchdown off the trick play where he just got wide open they do it they do such a good job of just designing him open and Chadwell is just so good at it, and he he's used him so perfectly. And he's wide open down the sideline. He catches, he houses it. Um, also, had that like just really nice one hand stab grab on the sideline, which just shows you that he's got the the hands too. It's not just him being open. And twice, huge pancake blocks on two separate big ass runs. I think one was the the the, the touchdown. Um, just killing dudes, and it was a complete game from Isaiah Likely, and this was the perfect game for him. Like, obviously, it didn't it wasn't a two hundred yard game, but almost a hundred. Uh, but showing the blocking too, and just the hands, and uh, it was a perfect way for him to end his career at Coastal. Yeah, and it was cool to see him not opt out. Um, yeah, not that like I, I criticize a guy who does, but it was it was cool. I thought to see like all the Coastal guys play, and it's just what this program has done the last two years after jumping up so recently from the FCS level um, and likely 
has a has a has a chance to really I think be a clear top five tight end in this class. I think there is a chance he's tight end one. I'm not gonna say it, it's guaranteed. I think there's a chance though. I, I like that. I like that, especially if he tests really well and he's he is more of that kind of modern move tight end. Yeah, if he um, doesn't test well, it's gonna hurt him big time. But yeah, no, I, I don't think he. I think he will. He's a great athlete. I'm gonna dip back to the celebration bowl for my defensive uh, prospect of the week. I don't think there was a ton, a ton of clear there wasn't. top tier. No, there was some. In the same way we talked about Zappy and Likely, where those are guys who we really like and have had great seasons, they aren't necessarily that top-end talent, um, which I think gave this a perfect opportunity for me to talk about Jacoby Durant, the South Carolina State corner, who I think has tons of t- uh, tons of NFL nickel ability, mm-hmm. uh, undersized, but... Um, he was everywhere against Jackson State. Now the the SC State defense was dominant. They were Sanders had Deion Sun had no chance against them. He was just under fire all day, including a corner blitz where Jacoby Durant got him. Um, but anytime he was testing coverage, he see you know what's really ridiculous is you can't find FCS stats. Like I I don't know what his ending box score was, but I had him with at least three pass breakups and a sack. Um, anytime he was challenged. He, he was finding football, breaking up football. He had uh, one over the middle where or it was like an in-breaking like dig, and uh, he just closed closed and found balls so well. Um, he, he is a day three nickel. Is he going to the senior bowl? I can't remember. I don't think he's there right now. So that's a guy who, I, I don't know, Jim Nagy's too busy shitting on kids for – saying stuff about the East West Shrine game to realize that a guy like Jacoby Durant should be there. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with how he played and he was, to me, he was the biggest prospect in that game. Um, and he played like it. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he definitely was. And no, I, I, I didn't watch the whole celebration bowl cause there's just so much going on, but no, I, that was Sanders was bad. And yeah, Durant, I mean, he was clearly, I mean, we knew about him going into the year too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, talked about uh yeah so i thought there was no clear defensive guy um i don't think this guy had a had a fantastic game but i thought he was still like the best defensive player i watch and i gave to chad muma who again it didn't have a monster game did have like 13 tackles uh had a had a half a sack on, on dustin crumb on a third and goal which was just which was a really good play um had another really nice play in the in the in the red zone um on his own read like around the goal line where like he just, like you know, they do the elongated uh, mesh, and he just he just took both the running back and Dustin Crum at the same time and ended up tackling Crum, who kept the ball. Um, not the dominant performance that that he could have had, but I still thought he he was the best defensive prospect I saw. Um, he he was the I mean the best defensive prospect that played in bowl season thus far. Well, um, he, the one that a lot of people have over him was kind of disappointing to me, but yeah. We'll get there. I'll get him later. Yeah. Oh, Cam Thomas. Oh, oh, oh. I keep forgetting about Cam Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, he had a forgetful performance. Yeah. True. Uh, okay, second best, technically, then. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, he, best to me. He, best to me. So, yeah, I agree with you. He, so. he had a quietly really strong game. I think you're you're totally right about that. Yeah. Like, there. I don't think he really missed anything. And he was like coming backside to clean a lot of stuff up. Like, he mm-hmm. plays with his head on fire, and it's just more, you know, the instincts. And, yeah, he's just really just really solid. Someone's going to pick him on day two and um, have a starting linebacker for a long time. Uh, moving to shooting up the board, I just want to talk about Malik Willis here. Uh, Malik Willis had the exact game. He Maybe it wasn't as statistically dominant as some people hope but like liberty as a whole dominated eastern michigan he was so clearly the best player on the field threw for three touchdowns ran for two more um he had the big deep touchdown uh he had the the one touchdown run where just like he was so much more athletic it it, like it (laughs) almost looked like he wasn't trying like he just the mac guys had no chance being on the same uh uh field as him um, he also like, there was a couple plays where he either ended in drops and, or there was a penalty that were incredibly placed balls. I think the throw that stood at the most was it, it was in the first half where 
he was under pressure um and in like coming from uh behind him and he felt it before it got there kind of spun out rolled rolled to his left uh gather stepped and launched one deep uh to a receiver that fell right in his bread basket and the corner was like pretty like a half step behind it, it had to be a perfect throw and it, was just, it showed his arm talent, it showed his athletic ability, and it showed some special deep ball placement that we've seen in flashes for him. Uh, and it, it was awesome. And his first touchdown, too, was like a 60-yard bomb. And it just, from start to finish, he he was clearly the best player on the field. And, yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I can't get over the, the touchdown run where, like, there's like three defenders that a shot at him. Like they all had the angle, and he just like he, right. did, he again like just scooted by. Like it felt like he wasn't trying, but he was just that much more athletic. Yeah, than it looked like a high school highlight. Um, like it's it's not a game like scouts are gonna hang their hat on necessarily for taking him in the first round, but it was the type of game I think he needed uh, heading into the Senior Bowl week. So yeah. like n- no one can point to this game and be like, well, he played poorly against the MAC. Uh, he because he was the best player on the field, without a doubt, and unstoppable. No, I, I totally agree. And it's like not a lot of things have come easy for Liberty this year or for Malik Willis specifically. So, like, just to go out there and have this easy, dominating performance, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It is exactly what he needed. And you're right. It's not like you're going to th- – the scouts are going to, like, decide the, the, his fate of a first-round quarterback or not. On this game, but yeah, he's he's got the he's got the weak and mobile to prove that. Um, my top two guys were Zappy and Stearns, so we talked about them a lot already. Yeah, I, Stearns was my second guy. Yeah, so uh, I'll he's go. A, to, he, go ahead. Why is he not at the senior bowl? Good question. Uh, they're not full. Maggie. They're not full yet, though. They, no, yeah, I really hope he gets there because he. Yeah, yeah, he. he I, I just want to see him against top of a competition because it, sometimes it's hard given the quarterback play and the offense they're in, yeah. to, like, separate him as a prospect from that. Yeah. But he's just consistently beating dudes, whether it be after the catch, whether it be deep, whether it just be on intermediate routes. So. I think he might not be allowed at the senior bowl because then it would be so unfair when Zappy is throwing yeah. him. Just put him on different teams. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Uh, so, I, you know what's funny? I think all my shooting up are offense and all my sliding down are defense. Which same, is- same, same. That's weird. Uh, so yeah, here my top guy. I'll, or my next top guy. I'll, I'll go with Tyler. Uh, I still can't say his name. Algier. There we go. Uh, the BYU's running back who nearly had two hundred so, yards and three touchdowns. I, go ahead. I put I put him for me. Me look stupid because th- he's a guy you liked a lot more than me over the summer, and I, I feel like you've been talking about him for two years, and I was a lot lower on him. And but it was like BYU should have still given him the ball more. He was unstoppable against yeah. UAB. Yeah, he was. You're right. If they, if, if they just kept giving it to him, they win the game. I think. Like, uh, I don't. Think, I, I probably. I wasn't high enough on him either. So it's not like I'm taking credit for this. Um, he just. He's a fucking tank. He just runs hard. Doesn't stop. Had that 62 yard touchdown where I thought it was just so impressive. He just like patiently picked his way through all the all the trash. Got to the second level. There was still a lot of just, just, just read all the defenders so well. Set up his blocks, and then had the burst to finish, which at as a guy that's you know two twenty is really impressive. And I think yeah, I think he could be a day two, day two back, like a third round back. Um, if not, he's an early fourth round back, and he, he had a great game to finish his career there at for BYU. I'm gonna go to a back who wasn't supposed to be the starter and carried his team to a victory, and that's Fresno State's Jordan Mims. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie Rivers was not playing in this game. Mims, his backup, stepped up, had uh, 165 on the ground, 71 through the year, three total touchdowns. Um, he, and they kept talking about it on, on the broadcast, his vision really stood out. Um, he, he kept making interior runs, like uh, hitting back uh, cutbacks and, and turning interior runs into chunk-chunk runs. Uh he also caught the ball really well, yeah. and they, they 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 have a fun offense in that they they kind of move their backs around a little bit, um, and he had a really great year, uh, capped off by this game, where as a backup he ran for seven hundred and ten yards, but more importantly, he had three hundred and twenty four receiving yards on the season. His seventy career catches as a backup running back, he had over a thousand total yards on the season. Um, he's a interesting like. Do I think he's going to get drafted? No. But that's a guy I want in camp, a back who can, who has got the vision to turn uh, 
inside runs into chunk runs and the, the ability to make plays on passing downs. He's going to be your super sleeper when we do our running back rankings. Probably. And he returns kicks, too. That's that's the guy you want. No, that's that's like a textbook. You know, very late day three or undrafted back that you bring in and you're going to get more out of them than you expected. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with another dominant performance at West. And uh, I think much to our chagrin because Jesse Matthews, for the Aztecs, was just was, unstoppable. My out-of-nowhere prospect, yes. Yeah. They, could, they couldn't stop him. Yeah, like he's had some big games in, in the past, but this one was just like, my God, they could do nothing. And it wasn't like it wasn't like he was just like running wide open. I mean, he had the two touchdowns, but like there's a lot of just him making catches in traffic through contact. He had 11 grabs for 175 yards. Whenever they needed a first down, it was to him. It felt like at one point like they just threw like multiple plays in a row, just back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to, to him. And they just had no shot of stopping him, and it was just a hell of a fucking performance. He yeah, plays bigger um, than I think. I think he like he plays bigger than he actually is, but like it might be because he wears forty five. Like you know, like it's so yeah, weird. It, it looks so weird, and, and like it, it's hilarious. He didn't have like he was their leading receiver this year, but his three best games came in their three final games: Boise State one thirty three, Utah State in the Mountain West Championship eighty two, and then yeah. against UTSA one seventy five. Like he had multiple games of one catch this year. Because San Diego State doesn't throw the ball, but he just kept getting open. So he's a guy to keep an eye on, I think, for next year, because um, he's just a junior. But uh, without yeah, Tariq Woolen there, wrong. UTSA didn't know what to do. Um, yeah, my my final one is I, I had Isaiah likely here too, but my final one is uh, UAB tight end Garrett Prince. Hey, that was um, my actually. I'll, I got one more after Prince, but I had Prince next. He had the on the pop pass the touchdown, then he had the second touchdown, and. Um, it wasn't like a big, big dominant game, 43 yards, but when they, they needed him in the red zone, he came up big, and he just moves so well for yep. a six foot five tight end. He averaged 19 in catch this year to go with 10 touchdowns. Uh, he He's, I think, more of a sleeper right now. Like, he's not, he's I think he's going to the East-West Shrine game. But uh, uh, a tight end with traits to bet on on day three. Yeah, in, in, a, in a class that is really deep, unfortunately, because I think in a lot of, like, softer classes he'd be like a good chance to kind of shoot up a bit because he is an nfl athlete like like you said he had that pop pass where he just like you know he looked like he looked like a wide receiver with the ball in his hands he ran through arm tackles just finished it wasn't special but it was a good play mm-hmm. uh yeah no i i definitely agree with you uh, last one a uh, guy we mentioned a lot you this is your guy you were on him in the summer i think you've been on him for two years now uh javon highly the the coastal carolina wide receiver I don't. He never has bad games. He never has nope. bad games. He's another seven catches, ninety-four yards, ho hum. He is always good, and I hope he kind of just like I. I don't know. He's not at a, any any uh. Th- is he games. shrine game? Is he shrine? I think you can see him. I hope so because I, I want to. Like I think that's a good one for him to be at, and I think he's he's a guy that can come out of that. Just I don't know, man. He just feels so solid. And I th- like that's what we said in the summer too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Moving to sliding down. So, yeah, it was like – sorry, I, I said my moral defense. They weren't. I have two defense, two offense. Okay. Uh, I'll start with DeMarco Jackson, who just – Yeah. And they even mentioned it on the broadcast, just very little impact throughout the game. And, like, though obviously Western Kentucky was throwing all over them, it was the other linebackers for App State who were making more plays than him. Which Only one a, solo tackle, which is so out of character. Yeah, like TD uh, Roof and Trey Cobb were – playing a lot better than like he Cobb. was yeah i like Cobb. um and yeah J- jackson just he it felt like and the biggest concern with him was because like app state all year on passing downs he he's a very athletic fiery run stopping linebacker and on passing downs they would just blitz the hell out of him <laughs> yeah and, and so like when you're not getting home slash you can't play in space i think yeah. this was like the game that you'd be really worried about uh, from him because it, it was it was a terrible matchup for him and Western Kentucky just completely erased him and then yeah in the run game you mentioned the running back earlier it was just huge run after huge run because Apsi just wasn't expecting it and he was just never in, in the place to make a play. He also had the one I think it was to Robichaux. Uh They ran a seam with him, like kind of like a wheelie wheelie seam, and he had him the whole way, and he just could not hang with him. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was the one that leaved, and it went for like thirty five yards or something like that. That was the one play that just really left a bad taste in your mouth. Now, I think, I think, for like the relevant, because my guys are kind of weird. For the relevant guys, he's my top uh, sliding down the board. Um, um, who, who, who you got after him? Yeah. So we've talked about him 
entering the this week, so I, I thought it'd be fun to bring up. Uh, Reed Blankenship played a really bad game. <laughs> um, he started the game like he had a really big hit on, on Finn, the quarterback, first snap, and then it was just disastrous, I thought. Like, uh, they had one big run, and he just missed a tackle in the backfield. He was getting there early and, like, just wasn't finishing, and then he was just completely out of position. When Finn had that big touchdown run, he was kind of just, like, falling at his feet, trying to make a diving tackle, and he was just taking bad angles all day. And for uh, a run-stopping safety, that's just a bad, bad luck. Yeah. Um, he's it's Special teams are bust for him. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, yeah. Uh, a guy who I really love uh, did had a very, very irrelevant performance against Fresno State. Praise. And yeah. I, I still can't say his last name, but he's one of my favorite uh, G5 guys over the summer. He had no pass rush plan against Fresno State. Um, and they, against the run, he was just getting moved. And he's not like the biggest uh, edge guy. He's like 250 maybe, um, but has a really long arms. But it, it, in pass rush opportunities, he just, it felt like against a more athletic and long uh, offensive line group, he, he yeah. couldn't just lean on that long armed athleticism. Yeah, I put him here, too. Yeah, he just got washed out, like, pretty much every play. No, I I agreed. Um, Now, now he's just a redshirt sophomore, so he's not going to declare. So, I I still have high hopes, but yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'll give you UTSA safety, uh, Rashad Wisdom, who was suspended for the first half, came back uh, second half. And, you know, like we talked about, uh, Matthews was already, like, killing him. And he just, like, I felt like he had no impact on the game. No. He he got, like, like, burned early yeah. and then like because they were they they the broadcast rightfully so given his importance that defense like talked about him not being in the it's first a half good football player and, yeah yeah and then like talk like him coming back was going to make the difference in the second half and it it didn't at all no he was bad it was sorry maybe it did make a difference he made it worse which is not good because I, I do like him I, I thought there was something there in the summer he's like a, a potential late day three guy and no this is just a really really poor performance um, I'm gonna bring up Zach Koontz, uh, the Old Dominion yep. tight end, who's kind of like the only guy to watch for Old Dominion theory. Yeah. Um, and they kept talking about how because Ricky Ronnie had uh, Gisecki and, and and Pat Fryermuth at Penn State, and how those guys keep o- always tell him to get Koontz involved more. And he had a great year, but against Tulsa, two for eighteen, yeah. and he lost multiple contested catch opportunities. Yeah, um, I, I, I had because it was it wasn't for lack of trying to get him involved. Uh, but early, they ke- they kept going to him, and, and he was not winning yeah. the contested catch. And like, he had, like, five inches on every – or more more than five inches. He's six eight, and he, he had, like, eight inches on every Tulsa safety that was on him, and they, they were uh, kind of pushing him around. And it's just kind of a reminder that, like, again, I think he's just a redshirt sophomore. Um, and he – like, he needs to get – he needs to get stronger. He need, he's a really thin six eight, but uh, yeah, uh, I I still have high hopes with him as well as praise. But uh, do you have anyone else? Uh, Clint Radikovich. Oh, <gasps> how dare you! He was just so every touch is so irrelevant. It felt like gimmicky just to give him touches, and like if we did talk, like he is Northern Illinois' biggest prospect for this class and yeah. <laughs> uh the lack of size i thought stood as a future nfl fullback stood out here which if he's not going to be an nfl move fullback then i don't know what you mm-hmm. think you're getting in him <laughs> obviously he's, he's a he's a udfa but still um before we move on let me tell you about my bookie who is the best site to gamble with all bowl season especially on this wake forest Rutgers game that's uh, coming together the gator bowl so don't miss out and double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars by using promo code sports drink head to my bookie today place your bets fill your pockets and watch the grudge match get settled with shiano and clausen bet anything anytime anywhere with my bookie We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use promo code SD to make your deposit risk-free. Uh, that means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. 
Join Symbol in start investing and profiting off your favorite teams. And don't forget about Spotify Green Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to sports media members, other fans, insiders, athletes in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Spotify Green Room is free is a free audio only social media platform for sports fans all you need to do is download the spotify green room app in the ios app store create a profile link your twitter and follow your favorite people and be notified when they go live and come with your spiciest takes um okay i don't know where prospects i had jesse matthews mm-hmm. uh, as my as my number one i'll give you two fresno state defenders uh lavelle bailey who got hurt and came back in but he, he just was all, around the football all day. He had the fumble recovery. He had a big pass breakup. He had a sack. Um, undersized linebacker who screams future special teams linebacker. I just loved how much energy he was playing with. But there's safety, Evan Williams, who didn't have like a big, big statistical impact on this game, but was kind of a breakout guy for them this year as a, as a junior. Um, he has an NFL safety body. And he, I thought, was flying around frequently in this game and just a guy to watch down the road. Uh, I want to give you the star of the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. It was the was game MVP. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel. The one he threw up. No. Uh, Utah. <laughs> did he win? I don't even know. Utah State uh, Edge, Nick Henninger, who is six foot two, two thirty five. Uh, I assume he's very old. He looks old. Uh, he played. He played at Utah. His- yep. Yep. Yeah. And I think he did a mission. I assume he's old. He's probably at least twenty five years old. Irregardless, he was a high school wrestling champ, also, which he's is gonna be sick. so good on the BC Lions. Three sacks. Three sacks against Oregon State. That's that's Oregon State to BC Lions is a fucking pipeline. It's like the Orange West Coast. Uh, five TFLs. He was. He was. <laughs> he had a hell of a game though against you know a Pac twelve offensive line. Um, pretty pretty solid offensive line this year too. I thought, but yeah, Henninger, big big game. Uh, I already mentioned Tyler Algier as my prospect who made me look stupid. Who do you have? So this one's a little weird. Uh, I wasn't sure. I was gonna put praise, and then I ended up putting him just uh, sliding down the board. He's, he's so young still. Um, so I put Cameron Peoples, who did not have a bad game. He had a hundred yards um, for App State. Did have a fumble though. I just, yeah. like, just to summarize the year, he just did not have the year I hoped. I was really high on him. I was ready for him to, like, fucking go off. And, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they've just been splitting him, and he really hasn't been the lead back at all. Uh, did did have the lead in this game, but um, I, they just don't give him the ball like they should. So, like, it's, I don't know. It's still, I honestly, they're just still setting up to be the perfect sleeper running back, keeping the, keeping the tread light, so I don't care. But just, just I didn't have the season that I hoped for. Um. Yeah, he should. I. I. I would call him for a big Sun Belt breakout year next year. Um. I hope my so. prospect. My prospect versus prospect matchup. I went with Spencer Buford versus Cameron Thomas because it too. was really. It was really the only actual prospect versus actual <laughs> prospect matchup. And, yeah. And a guy who's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Another guy who's got first round hype. What'd you think? I thought Cameron Thomas didn't play like a bad bad game, but it it very much felt like. Well, if this guy's a first-round pick, he should be yes. the the best player on the field. And he like he he was solid. Like he had a solid game against the run, but I didn't. He couldn't get much pressure on Frank Harris. Um, I thought I thought, like, Spe- yeah. I thought Spencer Beerford outplayed him as a whole. Yeah, so I, I thought like like I I agree with you. He only had like three tackles. He was not good. I think he beat Beerford like a couple times, but like didn't like. It was like on like like not fast beats or anything. Just like kind of you know worked around him at, and the Harris was like already releasing the ball. Like it was not bad lo- losses. I agree with you. Buford kind of outshone him. Yeah, go ahead. Especially when you when you factor in like Buford's seen as a day three guy and Cameron Thomas seen as a first round guy. Yeah, like he's he could be you know he's sliding down. And I think he could have been there. He's overhyped. I think he could have been there. Uh, could have kind of been all these places. And I, I think the the one time that Buford like really got beat is like it was it was Tavai. Who it was really yeah, just yeah, a cool yeah. blitz where they put Devi way out wide, and then Thomas just crashed down and he kind of he went for Thomas, and then he just couldn't get out in time on Tavai, and like it really just tough to des- design well designed blitz on there. But yeah, that was Tavai looked better than Beerford, I thought. So uh then then Cam Thomas I thought so, yeah uh, um, no good I think like solid game for Beerford uh, not not like a big time performance but against a first round in quotation draft pick that's that's a really good performance. 
Yeah, um, I outplayed the box score. I went with Grayson McCall, who threw for 315 and four touchdowns, ran for 40 yards. <laughs> um, but just the way he runs the triple option or the, the spread option is ridiculous. Like, he is his timing on pitches is so ridiculous. And what he was doing, you mentioned Bennett earlier, like getting those guys, him and Jones, the ball in space the way he does, waiting to the last second, getting obliterated, getting the ball off. Like, those types of plays it's what are what make this offense as a whole work. Having the quarterback who understands timing and sacrifices their body, and, like, that doesn't show up in the box score for a guy like him, and he is obviously one of the best college quarterbacks right now. He already announced he'll be back uh, at Coastal. But it's just so fun to watch him cook. I think it was, like, early last season when we started watching him, like, like before Coastal even became a thing, and... It was so ridiculous how good he was at running that offense immediately. And cause I think he had a game like week one or week two where he it was, was like, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was like was 18 week, of 18 was, passing yeah, or something was, like that. And I remember talking about it. And he just immediately, right right when he got there and started, like he just runs his offense so perfectly. And he is going to be an interesting um, evaluation. Yeah. And he's still got two years of eligibility. So he does. Um, but it feels like next year's going to be his last. Yeah. Well, and I will. I hope uh, Jamie Chadwell finally gets an opportunity. Yeah, hire Chadwell and then draft him a call. Um, my my opening the box score. I cheated this week. I put offensive lineman, and it was like the tallest offensive lineman, Tyler Smith, Chris Paul, who I thought just beat up on the old old Dominion uh, defensive front. They, they ran the ball sixty five times for like two hundred forty four yards, which is not a big pop, but like they just leaned behind them, and even in yeah. like pass protection. I thought there was a couple really nice reps from both of them. I think I think Smith put a few dudes in the dirt. They're both just mean. Yeah, I think I think like Paul's obviously going to meet the Senior Bowl, but I think Smith in a couple of years is going to be the better prospect. Oh yeah, I agreed. But they're both good offensive linemen, and the right yeah. tackle. I, I forgot his name. I looked it up. He had a really nice game too. Um, so no, that's a, that's a good offensive line. Tulsa's Tulsa's like a low key good program. I can't believe that we picked against them. Um, yeah, uh, my overhyped is Aaron Mosby. You overhyped him. I wasn't that impressed. Uh, Dame Brugler actually is quite high on him, it would seem, and uh, I didn't think he was all that uh, all that great uh, against UTEP. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair. I put I spoiled this to you earlier, but I looked at a mock draft from PFF, and they Max, Max Mitchell. Yeah, he didn't play this week though. Does he count? Yeah, I don't know. who cares? Don't let me talk about it. <laughs> I want you to tell me. What, I want you to tell me why. Cam uh, Thomas is true overhyped. But yeah. Justin Rice is overhyped. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you, yeah, no, 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 you no, overhyped Justin right now. I'm kidding. The, no. don't, don't, uh, don't let me steal your thunder. Chuck Max Mitchell. Yeah, so PFF, uh, we'll name names, but it wasn't just like a regular old math, like one of their weird math mocks. You know what I mean? When it's just like, yeah, these are the top 32 guys that we have in our rankings, and so this is where they're going to go. No, it was a real mock draft from uh, from someone that writes about the draft. Had him go late in the first. And that was like, what the fuck? Out of nowhere for me. Um, I don't think he's bad, but like, I, I don't know. He's like a day three guy to you, right? Like fourth, fifth round guy that you come in and he's, he, he's probably competing for a starting job, at, maybe. Like, I think he's I, probably a third round guy for me, okay. but um, I, like, some, I think he did like, improve a lot in. this year. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you that I was shocked when you told me he was in the first round. But I mean, mocks are stupid and everything, but it's still like, an informed person about the draft, you have to you have to kind of believe that if you're writing that. Yeah, I'm, I, honestly, I think sometimes, uh, especially people who put out a lot of mocks, I think sometimes they just try to throw a name and like get ahead of it, and then when it happens, they can say, "Oh my god, I I, I called it," you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. really, they 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 said thirty different names, and it doesn't really mean anything. I'm not saying this person uh, specifically, but no, no, no I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. Uh, transfers who popped on the scene. Uh, Matt Landers, that was my guy. Receiver, yeah, yes. he was, and they kept talking about it. Uh, Bug kept talking about how like you could tell this guy he was at Georgia yeah. for two years. You could tell he was an SEC recruit because he was just more athletic and way larger than He's everyone. Six five, two hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah, had one hundred and thirty seven yards in the touchdown where it was like this sweet deep circus catch. Yeah, um, juggled with like he like he got one hand on it and then juggled it and brought it in. And then how eighty nine yards, which is ridiculous. And he. Uh, We've talked about the the Mac receiver pipeline. He next year could have a a huge year with him and Finn back. Like maybe yeah. next year is the year Jason Candle and Toledo finally win the Mac. Yeah, um, I could see that. But uh, yeah, like Landers on the season had tw- averaged twenty five yards a catch. 
Only a three-star, which is kind of funny that George is bringing it. But, like, clearly he's, like, more talented than a three-star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at he, that size he, with that speed. He's he's going to be a lot of fun next year, I think, with Finn. Totally. Uh, I also put Justin Rice because this man just is addicted <laughs> to transferring. Everywhere he goes, he makes the, uh, the all-conference team and, and is an impactful player. F- finished the Oregon State game with nine tackles. Forced the fumble that kind of, like, sealed the game for them, too. I love, love Justin him. Rice. You love him. I do. The the fact that he's transferred three times and and like like he's been in uh, uh he was an all Mountain West player this year he's an all Sun Belt player last year and, and the year before he was an all Mountain West player at Fresno State um I think he was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year and the Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Year like it's just his career but, path is ridiculously fun. which Justin Rice is your favorite though what's cool Arkansas State Arkansas my State. mine mine's Fresno State I, I respect that yeah I yeah, know. yeah. yeah. You're an OG. <laughs> exactly. Small school guy. Um, okay. I thought, like, Muma had a great game, but I thought the another player on that Wyoming defense was really good. Garrett Kroll? Who oh, is, yeah, yeah. Who I, we, we talked about him over the summer. Yeah, like, he's six foot five, two forty. Uh, I kept quarterback. Yeah, I kept thinking that it was you if you were six foot five, just out there, like, hustling and busting your ass. felt like he was involved in, like, so many plays. Uh, had a sack and a half. The, the half a sack was the one that came with Muma. Uh, they did that, like, the, the, oh, the crab package, which was my favorite thing all week. Uh, the crab package, and they did the double pass to Crum, and he just fucking blew up Crum for a sack. Um, then he had, like, another one where, like, I thought it was really interesting, where he dropped in a, into coverage, and he was just out there in coverage and solid, and Crum scrambled, and he just kind of chased down. And Crum's not, like... You know, an explosive athlete, but he's a good runner, and he just chased him down for I think it was a TFL or a very short gain. Um, I liked what I saw out of Crawl. Uh, yeah, he he's a very much a hustle player. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I put like I said, I put Yusuf Ali. Uh, Middle Tennessee State has a history of finding really fun gadgety undersized yep. receivers, and uh, although it wasn't a huge game against Toledo, nine catches, thirty nine yards, and touchdown. The the quicks the route running from him I thought was really fun. Um, he uh, he's he's a senior next year, so hopefully he goes back. To, well, he will go back to Middle Tennessee State, and hopefully uh, he has a big year. I'll give you one more. Uh, it's a guy I think I also liked in the summer. I liked him last year too. Uh, Javon Scruggs, the Liberty safety. He was just a, just a solid safety. Like what they tackles. say his nickname is. Um, I like hear it. It wasn't the governor, but it was something like that. That well, we'll call him the governor. The governor Scruggs. It might have been the lieutenant. That's also sick. How can you not draft someone named nicknamed the lieutenant governor? Um, yeah, he's always like involved, and he's just he feels like the quarterback of that defense. I, I like Scruggs. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's let's get off to the Frisco Texas Classic or whatever the fuck it was called, the new bowl game, uh, and, and we'll we'll be back next week to talk week two of bowl games. Uh, including uh, the Rutgers Gator Bowl.